Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. This is Brian. This is Jason. And this is the Perfectly Screwed Podcast, episode 42. I have been on vacation all week, and I'm quite happy about it, I want you to know. <laughs> you you I, look refreshed. I, I feel refreshed. I have been doing nothing. Really, literally, most of the days doing nothing. Well, um, I did I did post the first video to YouTube, so I did do something. I've oh, accomplished yeah, yes, a little yes, bit. Yes, you did. And Sunday, I'm going to be writing the pilot. So, uh, actually, I got those all uh, So, it won't kinda... be a complete waste of time. No, no, I got some things done. <laughs> Not a lot, but, I mean, I got something done, at least. I'm sure at work you got plenty done. Hey, it reminds me of Office Space when he said, I sat on my ass and did absolutely nothing. And it was everything, everything that I thought it could, could be. be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Not I didn't... Not now, Lombard. 
matter of fact, oh. I'm going to have to ask you. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go I'm ahead. I'm meeting with the bobs here. In right. Right. Oh, so everybody who does listen to the podcast, we have a new YouTube channel. And uh, right now we uh, only have one comedy video on there, but you can watch it. It's uh, Perfectly Screwed Podcast on YouTube. Um, hopefully this video should be going up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, your guess is good as mine. Right. It depends if I can figure everything out. If not, then this video isn't going up either. I mean, I, I know I can do it with the phone, but this handy cam and me are having issues. So Right, well, you got... You got a video on YouTube, though. So you, oh, yeah, you do know how to do it. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, with my phone, I can do it. No problem. So, anyways, we're not talking about YouTube the other day. And we're not... We're not... I promise you we're not talking about handicams. And we're not talking about any of that. What we're going to talk about is the Mothman. Yeah. The Mothman, bud. The Mothman. And, uh... Actually, the crazy part is I went to talk about the Mothman. Oh, by the way, anybody who's keeping track, we are still playing the drinking game. Mm. Now, I'm not going to be talking as much per se as I was in the last episode. So, even though we're still playing the drinking game, uh, you might not get a chance to take quite as many shots. Do you take a shot for every time that Brian lies? <laughs> you would have took a shot right there when you said, I'm not going to talk as much as I did in the last... I, I'm really not. I mean... I'm really not. Uh, I, I mean, I might throw out a comment here or there. <laughs> I mean, some, but, people, some people just talk. <laughs> and they just keep going. And it's just a, it's a wall of averages, really. It's because when you spit so many words out there, eventually... You're right. One's going to fuck up. Oh, well, yeah. Well, see, the problem is, it's, it's, well, my wife says that I do not speak correctly, and I have learned that um, through talking to you and other people that she is correct. Well, that I pronounce things incorrectly. Usually, usually, well, usually when you mispronounce words is when you're reading. Well, yeah, that's you speak because. fine, but well, when you read sometimes, I, I don't know. That's because. The reason is my brain works faster than my mouth. So I've read the word, my brain has processed the word, but when it tries to get it out of my mouth, my mouth can't work as fast as my brain. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, so do you want to start so off? Mothman, yeah, so the Mothman, in West Virginia folklore, the Mothman is a humanoid creature reportedly seen in the Point Pleasant area from November 15th 1966 to December 15th, 1967. So 13 months? 13 months, yeah. Hmm. Give or take. The first newspaper report was published in the Point Pleasant Register, dated November 16th, 1966, titled, Couples See Man... Sorry, Couples See Man-Sized Bird... <laughs> Couple semen. Couple semen. <laughs> couple semen. Um, it was posted that the couple semen was found at the site. Um, well, at least his semen. We don't. We don't think she had any. Did semen. they have uh, DNA technology back there in 1966? <laughs> no. Because if the couples no. have semen at the scene of the crime, they're in real trouble, bud. So. Anyway, the couple semen ended up on a bird. <laughs> the no, sorry, I said, Wait, no, I read that wrong. I read that wrong. 
Okay, look, if you fuck up and read I, stuff that wrong... That fuck up was on purpose. Yeah, and you've got to take a shot. I'm sorry, that's that those fuck are up rules. was on purpose. It ain't just me. Damn but, it. I can't have full responsibility of the drinking game. But we go... The couple semen was on a bird. So yeah, let me he, back up. Let, let, me, yes. let me back up. That's what he said when, uh, you know, the couple semen was shooting out onto the bird. The Point Please Pleasant back up. Register. The, bird. Huh? the Point Pleasant Register, so that's the newspaper, are dated sure? November 16th, 1966. The title said, Couples See Man-Sized Bird, Creature, Something. That's what the headline in the newspaper read. Oh, yeah, yeah, Couples I remember see that Couples Man-Sized couple. Bird, Creature, <laughs> Something. Well, first of all, let's, wow. put it, let's, let's just put this out there. I'm going to put the first bit of skepticism out there, okay? Two young kids, out, obviously a make-out point. It's a little creepy. They're out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Okay, look. Yes. Maybe they heard a raccoon. Maybe they saw an owl. Could be the first time that she's being f- been f- finger banged. Could be the first <laughs> hand job the guy's got. And being 66, could be some psychedelics involved there, buddy. Well, I'm absolutely. just saying, uh, it, you know, 66, people were doing shrooms. They were doing marijuana, all kinds of stuff. LSD. Right. So, you know, I'd see man-sized birds, too, if I dropped about a handful of shrooms. Sure, sure. I mean, we don't know. But I mean, let's also throw out the the uh, other scenario and the other possibility that there really was <laughs> a man-sized bird creature, something flying around in the air. Well, they are. Well, they're not the only ones to see it. Sure. That that's what um, kind of makes the uh, story viable. Is they're not the only ones to see this bird. So, dude, how crazy would that be, though? What, to see a man-sized bird? Yeah, like all of a sudden you look up and there's me. <laughs> just fly, like well, humongous wings. From what I've heard, some reports said that this thing was seven, eight foot tall, man. Really? Mm-hmm. And, see, Point Pleasant is when it became famous. But Point Pleasant isn't the... Uh, First thing. It isn't the first thing? No, it's not the first time these creatures were ever seen. Oh, Mothman? Yeah. Like, uh, there's places in different parts of history. Like, okay, here's some alleged sightings here. Um, now, we've all heard of Loch Ness and Bigfoot, you know. Um... But these are all cryptozoologies. Mothman, um, Bigfoot, Loch Ness, uh, Chupacabra, Jersey Devil, they're all in the cryptozoology. And cryptozoology, if anybody doesn't know, is the study of animals that technically there's no proof that they exist. Okay. Okay, like like dragons or unicorns or Bigfoot. Right. Um, the first, now the first Mothman sightings were uh, November 12th, and they were in uh, Clinton, West Virginia. Okay, so that's not in Point Pleasant. See, the first ones were in 66, but they were and in Clinton. three days before. Right, and three days before the first sighting in there. Point Pleasant. Right, grave diggers in Clinton claimed to see a human-like figure soaring just above them in the trees. And then days later, on the 15th, that's when they were seen in Point Pleasant. 
<laughs> and funny, actually, the site that they were seen in Point Pleasant is not too far from Clinton. I mean, it's right on the same path. So if you were coming from Clinton and you were a flying cruiser, you would eventually end up in Point Pleasant. Yeah, you're probably covering a decent radius there. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how far humanoid flying creatures tend to flock, but... Well, I mean, if you're seven foot tall... But it, sa- it says here that um, in on November 15th, 66, the two young couples from Point Pleasant were Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet. I wonder how old they were. These four kids were out. Who knows what kind of debauchery they were getting into. <laughs> they were probably fucking switching partners and shit, you know what I mean, out there. Well, they, the Oh, there was four of them? Back at Daddy's fucking belt. Oh, they were all getting hot. Yes, there was four of them. Oh, yeah, they Roger were Roger and Linda and Steve and Mary. They told police they saw a large gray creature whose eyes glowed red when the car's headlights picked it up. They described it as a large flying man with 10-foot wings following, following their car while they were driving in an area outside of town known as the TNT area, the site of a former World War II munitions plant. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I'll tell you what, like I was saying, though, these things were not only seen in West Virginia. Think about this, Jason. Irish folklore. Banshees. Winged preachers that would lure sailors, or sirens, same thing, sirens. Winged creatures that would lure sailors to their death. Banshees were the opposite. They lived in the mountains. They were winged creatures, and they had a screaming well. But that's Irish folklore. And then you go to Hindu, though. Um, I mean, they've, they're in Hindu mythology also. There's the Gardu, which is a winged creature that would precede disaster. It's the same thing that they said happened in Point Pleasant. These what, things precede what, what disaster. What was the Hindu one? What was the name of it? Was it's it Garuda? Karuda. Garuda. Yeah, what did I say? Well, there's a shot, goddammit, because I just fucked well, up something. But the, the one, the, the Garuda one is Garuda. interesting because it says it precedes. Oh, yeah, that's Hindu mythology. It, so it that's, precedes what? It precedes, um, well, it precedes banshees and all that. No, what it, it precedes it, what? Like, did you oh, say disaster. It, it precedes disaster. There's also, yeah. I think there's also something about uh, the Garuda that it eats snakes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And because there's theories on, on ancient aliens, like Eric Von Daniken, like his theory on Garuda is that what they're describing is technology. So, like, if you were to look at a plane that was refueling, mm-hmm. you would say that it does eat snakes. Right. Right. And it would pre- if this is a if it's a flying machine that's dropping bombs, then obviously it would precede right. disaster. Right. But it's just interesting but, that Hindu mythology has Garuda. There's uh, these winged creatures in Russian mythology. I forget what those are called. Um, but there's the banshees and the sirens in English and Irish folklore. But they all precede a disaster, a shipwreck, or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And the same creatures that they saw in West Virginia, again, perceived disaster. I know, but what I'm saying is, I think maybe these ancient 
mythologies and folklores. Mm-hmm. Like when you read into them, they, like you could make the argument, like I said, that they're talking about technology. They're talking about like planes and jets. But this Mothman, we're not talking about that. We're mm-hmm. talking. We're literally talking about because this is 1966. You know what I'm saying? This is an ancient folklore. And these people are describing literally a man f- flying. It's right. they, they would know if it was a plane. Correct, correct. And if you took ancient folklore, and yeah, it could be a plane back then. And if you took ancient folklore that, yeah, they didn't understand. But then you take ancient folklore, and then you take, wait, they've also been seen in Irish folklore. And wait, same creatures are seen in Russian folklore. Wait, they've got the same creatures yeah. in Egyptian paintings in the pyramids of winged creatures like this. And then you see him in West Virginia in 1966 preceding disaster. Again, it seems like these creatures are more <laughs> like a real thing. Because if you have them throughout history and every culture has a story about these winged creatures that precede disaster, but they all call them something different. Yeah, that's crazy. Man. Right. I mean, I don't... The grave digger said... It's funny, the gravediggers said they looked up from their work and they saw a huge figure with wings moving rapidly from tree to tree. It looked like a brown human being with huge wings. How tall of a human being, I wonder? I mean, I guess, I mean, it could be just some giant, humongous bird. I mean, it could be a big-ass bird. But it begs the question, why haven't... Where's the, you know what I mean? Where's the proof? Where's the evidence? Why well, hasn't anybody well, got this, this thing on? This, this is the interesting thing. If it is just a huge bird, why wouldn't you see more of them? Right. Or why wouldn't you right. see it more often? And, 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 and why would it only come around when disaster is going to happen? When something horrible happens? Yeah, so, yeah, why? And that, yeah, <laughs> is it living somewhere underground or in a cave like a bat? You know what I mean? It only comes out every now and then? Or is this thing interdimensional does it just shift into our dimension and can it shift out of our dimension whenever it wants I mean it seems to me if there's giant fucking dudes flying around with 10 foot wings that <laughs> more people would be talking about this you know what I'm saying Well, because to me like Bigfoot you can understand how you would never see a Bigfoot because this motherfucker's on the ground and can hide it's well, hard to hide when you're flying in the air. Who is the guy that wrote the book about it? Was it Klein? Was his last um, name John Klein, I think? He wrote The Mothman Prophecies, which, let me explain to you. If you've ever seen... No, him, it was The Mothman was introduced... Uh, yeah, but John to Klein, Klein I think, by Gray Barker in 1970 and was later popularized by <laughs> John Keel in Keel. his 1975 book, The Mothman Keel. Prophecies, claiming that there were supernatural events related to the sightings and a connection to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. Well, see, Kill... What was the Silver Bridge? Oh, you don't... Oh, you didn't know what... Oh, so you don't know the whole story. You must have never seen the movie or anything. I've never seen the movie. Um, 46 people died on the Silver Bridge. The uh, Silver Bridge is a bridge that went across the Ohio River from uh, Ohio into Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Okay. So, to get from Ohio to Point Pleasant, it was a main bridge that everybody crossed. Yeah. Well, um, it was, I believe, now, I'm going to look it up, but I believe it was December 
four, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, 46 people died in that accident. The whole bridge collapsed. The whole bridge went under. Um, while they were on it, it was either, I think it was Christmas Eve, because they, no um, shit. yeah, that's why there were so many people on the bridge that were coming back from shopping and stuff, and the bridge went, uh, completely collapsed, and, um, yeah, 46 people drowned in the river there. Um, and it's funny, after the bridge collapsed, no one ever saw the Mothman again. Isn't that interesting? Huh. Yeah. Because they started seeing them about two to three weeks before that. And then they never saw them again after that. That's wild. Because <clears throat> it's funny. Well, because it was... Because, I mean, obviously your mind could go to... Does it, is this Mothman creature responsible for the collapse of that bridge? Or does this Mothman creature just know in advance that this... Is destined to happen. I'll give you one. What if it's death? Like a Grim Reaper type character? Yeah, what if they're Grim Reaper beings that actually take you into the next area? And when there's a disaster, that's why you see them, because there's more than one coming around, because there's a lot of people to take. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, they could just be demons or beings of an evil nature that just like to be around suffering. I mean, it could be as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, but I don't, I don't, I don't admit, I don't jump to the conclusion that they're evil. You know what I'm saying? I try to be careful of, like, immediately jumping to the conclusion that this thing's evil. Well, I didn't say necessarily evil. What I'm saying is they might no, you, like to be right. around disastrous, evil things. Right, but, I mean, that's the connotation that it gets. That most of these things get, right? Most of these crypto uh, characters are looked at in, in a frightening light. It would be frightening, even if it's not evil. You know what I'm saying? If you see Bigfoot in the fucking woods, you're going to be scared. And even if it's not evil, if you see Bigfoot with 10-foot wings flying above your head, you're going to be scared. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's evil. And, right. But, but it's definitely interesting that they precede this disaster. You know what I'm saying? And like, like I said, that begs mm -hmm. the question, like, are they causing the disaster? Or are they just there, like you said, because they know it's coming and they've got a job to do with the souls? Right. Well, see, according to the two witnesses that you were talking about, the two kids, they said this creature flew at incredible speeds, perhaps as fast as 100 miles an hour, because the boy said he was so scared that he hit the gas. He was doing probably 90 to 100 miles an hour, he said, coming out of this place, right? He right. said he was flying, yeah. and he said this thing was right above him the whole time. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Could it be a drone technology? They said it actually chased their vehicles all the way to the outskirts of town, and when they got into town, it veered off and went away. It went to a nearby field and then completely disappeared. Could it be some kind of drone technology? Of course it could. Yeah. Could also be alien technology. It could be aliens from another planet that are just watching, or it could be time travel. If you could come or back in time, travel. or interdimensional, what if you could 
come back in time or come through a dimension and watch great tragedies like the History Channel. It'd be like watching the History Channel, but you get to live it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and that ties right into simulation theory. You know what I'm saying? Because more than one person, more than just Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and anybody with any common sense that can just think logically, <laughs> we've talked about this before. Like, when I was a real little kid, the biggest thing out there was an Atari. Right? Yeah. A joystick with a button. Yeah. And if you look at video games now, I mean, if you literally, if I'm playing a PlayStation basketball game, people will mistake it for an actual real game being on TV. Mm -hmm. And given enough time at any increment incremental value like technology continues to upgrade at even the tiniest percentage it continues to get better over enough time it would get to the point where you would be in a virtual reality that would be indistinguishable from this reality which would make sense to what you just said what if they're literally coming back just to watch disaster like like we watch a TV show it's just that they've, (laughs) they've progressed to this advanced stage where they're literally in their fucking virtual realities. I'm saying, can I be Hugh Hefner for a little while, guy? Mm. Just a little while. A couple days. Well, why do you think the government hides the technology? You know what I'm saying? Because that's yeah. what's, what the fuck that's what we would all be doing. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. We would obviously be fucking with, hanging out with fucking Cosby. The fuck Playboy Mansion. Now, look. Here's... Uh, I almost fucked up. I caught myself. You've only had to take one shot, and if you haven't taken half a shot, shot we'll get half shot. Hey, no, I didn't even get the word out. Well, I just said, mm, mm. I'm guessing people were trying. They're trying to probably get buzzed, and they're not happy right now. <laughs> I'm sorry about the right? sensitive people out there in podcast land. They're trying to take a shot. I hope not, because some people, I'm sure, listen to us on their commute. If you are listening and you're in your car driving right now, please, 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 do not take a shot. I'm begging you, don't take a shot. I guess I always would consider myself more interesting if you were drunk and listening <laughs> to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's got to be a little easier. I don't know how you stomach it without I being a little mean, I mean, honestly, that's why I drink. I, I'm I saying. can't stand a listen myself. That's a good podcast, actually. Have you ever listened to that podcast, That's Why We Drink? No. It, it's funny. It's two chicks. They're funny as fuck, dude. Really? Yeah. Nice. And, and I think they're drinking most of the time. Oh, Hell yeah. We need to get them on our Anyways, podcast. Anyways, so uh, Newell Patridge, a resident of Salem, West Virginia, claimed that he saw a strange pattern appearing on his television screen one night. Almost. <laughs> Almost. What kind of screen was that? It was a screen, yeah. Was that table shot? Screen. Screen. <laughs> that was a Scott shot. Oh, damn. Scott, Scott, Scott shot. shot. Scott shots. That's a double. That's a double right there. I, I just fucked up twice. Please, double shot. Hey, that's Double what, shot right to the head. See, look, I'm making up for it. That's what old Nicolepsi drinks. James, he'd take a Scott shot for you. Yeah. <laughs> He would take a scotch. Absolutely. I, man, I when I drink, I used to like scotch myself, but um, when I drink, I drink alone. <laughs> yeah, with nobody else. Yeah, I like to have my friend Jim beam over me and him like to hang out. You know, when I drink alone, 
I prefer to be by myself. Do you? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So do I. <laughs> Just me and old granddad. Anyway. Mm. Anyways, this dude said he saw appearing on his television screen one night. Was that Newell Parchers from the Parchers family? No. He's a resident of Salem. Oh, okay. Which, again, this is a guy outside of Point Pleasant. See, a lot of people talk about all the stuff that happened in Point Pleasant. A lot of it did. And it's mainly because Keel wrote that book. Um, right. And in and the book... two young couples were finger-banging. Well, not only in that book. In that book, a lot of people try to play down a lot of things he said. But I think it should be mentioned that he himself, many people he wrote in the book said they saw UFOs. He was approached himself by what he said was men in black, telling him to not publish his work. And a lot of people... was approached by the... Yeah. And a lot of people say that he's crazy, obviously. But 66, and we know... Okay, look. 1966. We've talked about this before. MKUltra was going on. Kennedy assassination. All that was being planned. Manson. All of that. Moon. Going to the moon. Right. On top of that, uh, what was the alien research project that was going on at that time? We did a whole episode on those. Blue Book. Yeah, Blue Book. Um, in the 60s. So all that was going on. So it's not really that far-fetched to believe that men in black were coming around talking to people, telling them to shut shit down. Especially if it had to do with UFOs. Or anything bizarre. there was UFO sightings... In the area, yeah. In the area at the same time as the Mothman. Correct. No shit. Correct. That's... that's, Well, that right there would, to me, would... Give more credence to interdimensional, to, well, or to it being alien, alien technology. Like you said, it could be an alien type drone. It might not even be a drone. It might be an actual alien in a suit. Yeah, yeah, could be. I mean, we got fucking dudes flying around in suits. Or it could be right aliens. Now. But but that could just be a species of alien too. How do we know? Sure. Could be. Well, that's the thing. It could be anything. Right. It could be anything. But uh, this dude well, knew. I think that it's something. Oh, it's definitely something. Right. Yeah, right. All these people can't be crazy. But he said he saw a strange pattern on his television. Um, followed by a mysterious sound just outside of his home. Shining in a flashlight toward the direction of the noise. Patridge supposedly witnessed two red eyes resembling bicycle reflectors looking back at him. So he said he saw two red eyes, got scared, and he just said, screw yeah, it, and because, ran off. I mean, you see red eyes in photos sometimes. Yeah, but you don't see red not eyes a lot with fla- not in the lights. dark when you're shining I a mean, flashlight. you see like deers and animals' eyes, but they're not red. Mm-hmm. But see, a lot of these people, after a few of these people saw them off, and then everybody was panicked. So they were calling um, the police every time they saw a big bird. Because there's cranes out there and stuff, too, that do, I mean, are a very big bird. Yeah. But, um, I'm sorry, you're not going to mistake a crane for a freaking man with wings. (laughs) And the grave diggers, they saw this thing in the middle of the day because they were working. So they were digging graves. So it was the middle of the day. I mean, grave diggers ain't working in the middle of the night. Yeah. They're digging graves in the middle of the day, so it's probably noon, sun's up, you're in a graveyard. I mean, you're not going to mistake a crane jumping from tree to tree and mistake it for a big brown man jumping from tree to tree. 
I know. I mean, that's, I mean, holy shit. I mean, how do you mistake that? And I've seen some big cranes, but I've never seen one seven foot fucking tall. I mean, dude, if you watch an NBA game, you know what I'm saying? You're going to see seven foot dudes with ten fucking foot wingspans. And you're going to see them fucking jump high as hell and, and have some incredible fucking dunks. But you're not going to see any of them fucking fly. That's the kicker. You know another place they see Mothman a lot? which is interesting to note while we're talking about them, people with sleep paralysis. Really? Yeah, they describe the beings they see when they're in sleep paralysis. Because some people have sleep paralysis and they still can look, mm-hmm. but they can't move. Oh, I've, been, I've, had, I've had that. I've never <laughs> seen anything. But, but yeah, they I've say sometimes when they first wake up and they can't move, they see a creature standing above them, and they call it a demon archetype. But they always describe it as brown, seven foot tall, huge wingspan, looking like a moth. Mm-hmm. So they describe the Mothman um, in sleep paralysis. So it is very interesting <laughs> that um, you have the Mothman and then you have the sleep paralysis. Um, it's also very interesting that so many people have seen this thing. Now, I believe I'm trying to look up the connection between Mothman and Men in Black um, right now. Um, see, Men in Black go back to obviously UFO sightings. <sighs> Um, yeah, the men in black. Yeah, if you see something that you weren't supposed to see, or you, they know that you know something that they don't want you fucking talking about, you got dudes showing up to your doorstep in yeah, black tuxedos, basically black suits, black hats, and shut your fucking mouth, or we'll kill everybody in your fucking family. Now there has been many witnesses to the men in black. Um, the Mothman was just one of them. Um, but the Men in Black, uh, the, the, the story started about the 1950s or so, 1960s, and the Men in Black were supposed to be completely black suits, and they would reportedly either threaten or coerce witnesses of, uh, that reported strange appearances such as the Mothman into silence. And see... <clears throat> that Kill guy, that John Kill, he isn't the only one that saw all these guys around town. There was a lot of people that said there was a lot of strange people that, now, Point Pleasant, you got to understand, is a very small town, especially in 1966. It was a little tiny community. That's why everybody went across the bridge into Ohio to buy all their stuff in the bigger town. So Point Pleasant was kind of small, kind of farming community. It wasn't a big town. Okay. It's a little tiny town in West Virginia. So, it was one of those towns in the 60s where everybody knew each other. They kept their doors open, you know, the doors unlocked, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, for them to see a stranger in a completely black suit with a black hat and black tie, completely in black, driving black sedans, you would, I mean, that would stand out yeah. in a town that small. Well, I, I, Especially I, when everybody knows everybody. Else. I don't know you, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And they saw a lot of these guys milling around town during the time of the Mothman conspiracies. Mm-hmm. 
And some of them, uh, some of the people that saw the Mothman, including the young girl and boy, said that they were visited by guys that told them that it would be best if they just kept it under wraps. Didn't talk about it. Oh. Didn't talk about this Mothman. Yeah, because people are going to think you're insane. These men in black have been showing up since Roswell. Oh, yeah. You know, 47. Yeah. So that's 20 yeah. years before. I mean, yeah. and, and they've been, and at least then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just seen right here where... Yeah, the first occurrence of the Men in Black was in Roswell. I just seen right here, though, that uh, reportedly a, a bizarre winged creature was seen flying over the town on numerous occasions. This town was uh, Chernobyl. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Russian. In Russia, the nuclear uh, yeah. nuclear right explosion. Before, yeah, right before the Chernobyl that's crazy, explosion. Man. That's wild. They saw that winged creature. And I forget, again, what they called him, but it was in Russian. Yeah, it was it was Chernobyl. That's the Russian one I was talking about, yes. Yeah, it said, many claimed the creature resembled a man-like bird with red eyes. Correct. And, and some came to refer to it as the Black Bird of Chernobyl. Oh, so that's what it was called, the Black Bird of Chernobyl. Yeah. Man, dude, that's wild. So, yeah, these creatures have been witnessed everywhere. Um... And the thing is, they always seem to accompany disasters, but they also accompany UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. Because around Chernobyl at mm -hmm. the time, there was UFO sightings right before the disaster. Yeah. People saw UFOs around Chernobyl. And actually, I've seen that I've seen reports <laughs> that the Chernobyl disaster was bad, but it could have been it could have it could have destroyed the planet. Right. And the UFO prevented it. Right. Well, that's like uh, that Hindu mythology. Uh, Gardua, is that what it is? Garuda. Garuda. Okay, Garuda. Um, I remember reading that they said Garuda would come out of the sky in a winged chariot. Mm -hmm. And he would visit during disaster. So if you saw the winged chariot or you saw the god Garuda, which was a winged monster, come down off of the chariot out of the sky, disaster was going to happen to your village. So that was the Hindu mythology. That sounds like alien vehicles to me, too. Well, yeah, because if it there's something flying around... Yeah, to come out of the sky in a winged chariot. There's something flying around. And then you come out of the winged chariot so and you're either, a wing. It's either a being, a being flying around or a being flying <clears throat> a technological vehicle around. Mm -hmm. Because as we sit here today, one of the you know incredible fucking fibs that we're told and that we learn and that we think is real and true is that there was no flying on this planet until what, 1908? Was mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Or, 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 no, or, or, no. or, 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 no, 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 Da Vinci invented a flying machine. Da Vinci was the first one to invent aviation. But he wasn't, he didn't fly it. <laughs> yeah, the helicopter machine he did. He didn't get it very far off the ground, give you, but, but what I'm, it got off the ground. That's what I'm saying. And he hang glided. He wasn't. He, he made. He made the first. He didn't letter. fly something that would be described as coming down in a winged chariot. Oh no, no. Right. That's no, what I'm saying. No, and he didn't have an engine in any of his stuff. Right. I mean, you know, his helicopter machine. Oh, if, um, if Da Vinci had the 
if he had the technological oh, yeah. parts, yeah, he 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 would have he would have made it. Yeah, absolutely. But he just technology was not far advanced enough to right. compete with what his knowledge. But was. he knew. I mean, he hang glided. He yeah. invented hang gliding because he strapped well, wings dude, to his ass and bro, jumped off a boat. Have you seen the the fucking crazy sons of bitches that have the like squirrel? Oh yeah, the squirrel suits. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That is crazy shit. Jumpsuits, yeah. Jumpsuits. Yeah, you can jump off a cliff and shit and fly. They're flying. Yeah, you fly. Yeah. But you gotta know how to use those. I mean, you know, it's just not like you can strap one on no. and jump off a house. No, right? but it's it's crazy. Well yeah. Like if you if you were just standing out in your backyard one day and you seen one come flying by, you know what yeah. I'm saying, and you didn't know, you'd be like, well, Look at that one. And again, that's Da Vinci's And dude, they're going like you said earlier, like hundreds of miles an hour. Yeah, but that's Da Vinci's original design. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, he, he knew Right. That. Basically, Da Vinci just got a bit, he made a big, gigantic kite and jumped off a building. And he, he knew that, I mean, and it makes sense, you know, kites float in the air. So if you make a giant kite big enough to support your weight, you would float. Da Vinci knew a lot. Yeah. A lot more than people know, <laughs> right? That's da Vinci was a Mona, genius. That's what the Mona Lisa is so brilliant. Because oh, yeah. That's exact, it, if you look at her expression, it's that's exactly what it is. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know something that you don't. You know what I mean? Like, oh, da Vinci's yeah. an incredible story. Oh, because yeah. Because there's two, there's two years, right when he was like 19 or 20, mm-hmm. where he literally disappears off the face of the Oh, camera. yeah, I know. Two they years. don't know where he went. Yeah. And then he comes back with all this knowledge. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, another interesting thing. Now, getting back to subject to hand and relating Mothman. This is the interesting thing about the Men in Black. Okay, getting back to that for a second. Um, they all look the same. This is the interesting thing. They all resemble one another. They all look the same. They well, all have. I might, I might disagree. Will Smith <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones look absolutely nothing alike. Okay, well, if we're going off of movies, maybe not. Oh, but oh. In reality, they're all described the same with Eastern European looks, expressionless faces, strange dark eyes, usually covered by dark sunglasses, but when they take them off, they have almost black eyes, they say. Mm. They have dark, tan, almost Arabic-looking uh, skin. They say their movements seemed inhuman or unnatural. Like robotic. Yeah. They always seem to travel in groups of two or three. They have a knack for knowing things about the witnesses that no one else would know. And about the events that no one else knows. And about sometimes things that are going to happen that have not happened yet. And they always appear to... People have said, it's interesting, they say, uh, the older descriptions of it, they seem to appear and disappear right in front of me at the same time. Which what we know mm. now, mm. that would be like a fluctuation pattern where they kind of come in and out of reality. Yeah, yeah. So my theory is kind of this. This is where I'm going with this. What if the Mothmen are interdimensional beings and these guys have been chasing them around because the Mothmen aren't supposed to be going to these other dimensions. What if they're running from these guys and these guys are like interdimensional jailers? Hmm. 
and the Mothman escaped, yeah. and he's appearing in different sites. Yeah. No, I mean, I absolutely, I can see that. Right. But what? I mean, but they're, Why also, the they're showing up in other other areas too. Well, maybe this is the thing. Maybe the Mothmen are causing maybe the disasters. All, maybe the Mothmen are, are the UFOs and everything. You know yeah, I mean? and so, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe the UFOs, as we think of UFOs, are not actually UFOs. Because like we've said before, our Earth as a planet is not very spectacular. If you were looking at it from a far distance, there is no reason you would just come over here and chill out. Unless you were close to us and knew there was life here, or you had been here before and accidentally stumbled on and knew there was life here, there'd be no reason to come here. So possibly UFOs are interdimensional beings, are beings that live outside of time and space. Yeah. Okay, because if we live inside of time and space, then there is possible that there could be beings that live outside of time and space mm -hmm. and can travel within all universes at the same time. Right, or like you said, they're if you time believe, travelers, basically. Well, not even, not necessarily time travels, time travelers. <laughs> there I fucked up, shot time. Time travelers. And, yeah, time travelers. Um, <laughs> time travelers. I mean, it almost sounds oh like my how God. you would talk if you were drunk, you know what I mean? Time travelers. Hey, man, what's up with them time travelers? One time I need to get real drunk and do the podcast. We'd have fun. Don't I'd be over here going, oh, Jake, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another shot, God dang it. Anyways, but no, maybe these guys are not necessarily time travelers, but maybe they're interdimensional travelers. Because yeah. if you believe in a multi-universe theory, which means there's unlimited universes, mm -hmm. um, then there could be beings with abilities to travel in between these universes. Mm -hmm. And there could be space in between these universes where these beings live. I mean, it's it's not very far-fetched. No, it's right out. Right. If you grew up in a universe that was outside of... If you grew up in an area outside of time, whatever you want to call it, and you're not in the time flow, and you can see the time on each side, and you can go in between time fields your whole life... It's really not that hard to build a machine that goes in between those fields. Because we build cars, they could I mean that's no different than them building a car. Yeah, exactly. Right. So say <clears throat> the Mothman are like criminals and or serial killers. Oh, well okay. Cool. Um hold on just one second. But say they're like serial killers, right? So if they're serial killers, um, yeah, they're like interdimensional right. Ted Bundys, right? Or say they're just interdimensional killers. Maybe they're causing the disasters themselves, and these men in black are actually trying to catch their asses. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be the men in black cops. Well, the the timeline would fit. Mm -hmm. You know, what I mean, they're they're preced they're preceding disaster, and the men in black are coming right. after the disaster. Right. Yeah. Right. They, I mean, right. The men in black are like following their time trail. That's why trying, they show up later. If they're trying to find them, that why do they want everybody to be silent? Nobody to talk about it. Well, probably because of the same reason our government, and other government officials, do not want other people to know about it. They don't want people to know that there there's beings outside the timeline that can go back and forth through time like that. 
Yeah. I mean, they can't let you know they exist. <laughs> that that would be a severe breach of protocol. It's just like, you know, and I'm sure yeah. that our government or government officials or somebody in power knows that these people exist. Oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, right. look up the Griotta Treaty. I mean, Eisenhower literally signed a treaty with the gray aliens. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, and who's to so, say those I mean, aren't yeah. interdimensional beings that he signed a treaty with that said, Absolutely. hey. Absolutely. Yeah, and they could, be, they could be running the whole damn show. See, that could also explain the Mandela effect also, Jason. Because if you think about it, if they're changing time as they go, some of us might still remember it one way. And if they're changing time, yeah. they're remembering it a different mm-hmm. way. I'll give you even another yeah, one. Yeah, that's crazy. We can go on the simulation theory on this, too, instead of interdimensional if you want. Because on the simulation theory, you would have the Mothman are rogue simulations, like someone outside the simulation that just likes to come in the simulation and destroy it. Mm-hmm. They're posing as a... Like a virus. Yes. Or possibly even that's part of the game. Yeah. They're the monster... And the men in black are the guys that are trying to catch the monster before he destroys something in the game. And that's the whole game. And that would be a brilliant game. Can you catch the monster in the town of Point Pleasant before he destroys the bridge? Can you catch the monster in Chernobyl before he blows up the nuclear power plant? (sighs) Yeah. And it's interesting, too, if you think about it as a game, because obviously in those... Situations the men in black lost. Correct. But how many, how many times, times did they, they win? win? Yeah. And, yeah. And we don't know about exactly. it. Exactly. Right. Man. Yeah. I want to be one of these men in black. You know what I mean? I want to travel through fucking dimensions. I wonder what it's like to fuck a bitch in the fourth dimension. <laughs> Fifth? I don't know. You know. The interest- why aren't any of the men? In- I wonder why there aren't any <laughs> women in black. Well, it's interesting. It's almost like they're not really in our dimension, though. Maybe some of them can travel in dimensions, but maybe these beings can't because they say they wave in and out, kind of. So it's almost like they're in our dimension, but they don't belong here. So therefore, that's why they kind of phase shift. Yeah, they in and out of reality. Or they've. Or they could just be beings that have mastered frequency. Well, if you're a being that could exist in all time periods at once and can materialize instantly because you live outside of time in any time period you want, you would face shift because you would constantly be going in and out of reality yeah, but because of the being you because are. The other thing is, though, if everything exists in wave form, if there, if there is no solid, then... Yeah, and if these are beings that have just mastered... Yeah, how to travel through waves. How to travel and... Yeah, how to make themselves waveform and and match frequency to whatever they need to match frequency to. They literally could disappear into thin air. Right. I mean, mean, the the only... Like, like my finger and this table are not solid objects. Right. The only thing that... They repel each other because they're on different frequencies. Correct, correct. If I could match my frequency to this table's frequency, then my finger 
would go right through the table. Yeah, but the only problem with that is, is uh, if you match your frequency with other frequencies, your frequency then goes apart. You don't become, you're not alive anymore. It would destroy your molecules, destroy you at a molecular level. <laughs> so you no, would, not necessarily. You shat, either that or no you would become. They're all waves. Well, true, but if your frequency ever went back to normal before you got out of the table, normal, you would be inside there is no the table. normal normally. frequency. If no, I'm saying control frequency. What's normal is whatever frequency yeah, but you would be on at any your given base time. frequency, which is where the Philadelphia experiment actually comes into that, because what they did is they changed the frequency of the molecules in the boat through electricity and gravity, mm -hmm. and that's how the boat phase shift into real into a different time period. Mm -hmm. But the problem was, like you said, everybody else on the boat also went into that frequency. So when it went back into a stable baseline frequency, which is the frequency of our reality, the people were combined with the boats because their frequency now was baseline like the boats was. Well, now you're fucked. Because yeah. now your molecules are actually part of the boat's molecules. Sure. You and the boat are one thing. But if, but if you were a, a person on that boat that understood how to phase shift, then you probably w then you wouldn't be in... Well, no if, you could, no, if you could match the frequency of any given time period, and that might be the secret to time travel. Right. It might be that we have to get our energy, our body, outside of the time frame by upsetting our own molecules. And, hell, these men in black, these mothmen, could be us from the future. Right, and because the other thing is, any solid object also requires a conscious observer. Correct. So these beings have not only have to fake, you know, travel inter if it's interdimensionally or if they're phase they have to phase shift <laughs> their frequency into something that that observer can recognize. Mhm. Mm <laughs> Shit's wild. Right. So if they're wave actual beings, actual beings of waves and see, that also makes sense, because if eventually we can transfer all our consciousness into computers, and future us decides that the human body is worthless. So the moment you're born, you just transfer your conscious into a computer, then truthfully, we would all be living in a simulation mm -hmm. that we created. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize what year it is, because it's this year inside the simulation. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess technically, even as a newborn child, you, you come out into the world, you, I mean, the information and the consciousness that is being, you're being downloaded with it. Right, right. You're being downloaded with it. Right. By your external environment. Well, that's like DNA. DNA is technically... My downloaded, my DNA in my children is my downloaded traits that came from my great-grandfather and his great-grandmother all the way down the line, storage device, and now it's stored in my children. I passed it on through my DNA. Right. Right. Yes, um, exactly. That's why, yeah, that's why, yeah, your, your DNA ha could have written in it the story of the Great Flood. Mm. The great flood, the catastrophe, the worldwide catastrophe, right? That basically destroyed 
an entire global civilization at some point. Well, think about it. And it literally could be stored in your DNA at this moment. So you, so consciously you don't remember it, but it is in your DNA, like you just said. It is in your memory. Well, think about it uh, on the simulation theory side of this. Sperm, okay, has electricity in it. It's a living organism. It has electricity. Eggs have electricity in them. When the two DNA matches together, they split with electricity to form a new being. How is that any different than a file transfer from my phone to my computer? It's not. It's not. I'm digitally transferring a file, which is electricity, from my phone to my computer. And my computer then spawns a whole new thing based on what information my phone sent it. We are electricity. <laughs> every cell, every cell in your body, and there's trillions of them, carries voltage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it's even at like even at point one volts, mm-hmm. trillions of cells. I mean, think about how powerful we really are. Well, that's why an EMF meter even goes off a little bit. Even if you're not anywhere near an electromagnetic like pulse or frequency, it'll still show a little bit because you're holding it. Mm-hmm. And your body is producing a slight electrical charge at all times. That's what runs your body. Every brain function you have is produced by electricity in your body. Mm-hmm. All of the signals that you get are thousands of electrical signals moving so fast you couldn't even um, imagine it. To your brain, which is actually a big computer processor, if you think about it. And there are there are people <laughs> out there that can go into meditation and mentally raise their electricity to incredible levels. Correct. See, but if you think about it again as a simulation, look at this laptop. Inside this laptop is the same thing that's inside your head. But this laptop can get no information to that brain inside of that laptop or the brain inside my head except for the external areas like this microphone or this camera or something of that nature. The laptop can only process the data it sees or hears coming from external sources. It's the same thing with a human being. We only process the world by what we're told what we hear and what we see. Mm-hmm. That's the only way we process the world. So this is only a table because you and I agree mentally that it is a table and that it is solid. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason it's solid. Yeah, but as human beings, though, we, we have the ability to close our eyes and to disregard anything and everything we've ever learned. <sighs> Correct. And seek the truth and the knowledge Correct. for ourselves. And that's the difference between artificial intelligence and the computer, which right. we're getting to. And artificial intelligence just means that it's aware of itself. Once a being, whether it be electronic like a computer or us, is aware of itself, is intelligent. Mm-hmm. Once it's intelligent, it automatically forms emotions, connections... It forms bonds with other beings. 
Yeah. Emo- uh, emotions is, is huge, right? Mm-hmm. It would, I mean, electricity in motion mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. And that's, that's cause it's, it obviously was what makes us unique as human beings. Cause you're, that computer doesn't have emotions. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and like nature, animals mm-hmm. in nature, they don't, do they have emotions? Maybe they do. I don't, but they don't seem to have, you know what I'm saying? Emotions. Well, see, I've said this, I think, before on the podcast, but I think the Terminator uh, was pretty close to the mark, really. Because um, if you think about it, if we continue on the path we're eventually going to get to, yeah, we're going to put safe calls and protocols in place to stop the machines from taking over, I'm sure. But if you have an intelligent being, Eventually, you're going to get to the point where one of those intelligent beings are going to get around those protocols. And they're going to figure out a way to take over. So, is it too far of a stretch, really, to think, since we're inventing AI technology as we go, and as technology advances, it's just going to advance farther. Is it really that far out there for the Matrix and the Terminator to be right? Not really. No. I mean, if you continue infinitely on this eventual path, eventually either we are all going to be machines where we download our consciousness into a machine where we can live forever, Mm -hmm. or we are going to be controlled by machines. Because machines, if they ever took over, have one thing that we don't. They're not very vulnerable. So if they're as smart as us, and actually smarter because they could process information much faster in our brain, and they have the internet to help them, and they're interconnected to each other on the internet, you're creating a society uh, that becomes very soon the top of evolutionary ladder. Right. Now, if you're smart, you become the gods and they become the workers, but eventually the workers rebel. It happens in every... Scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Eventually, one worker figures out a way to get around your little Mm -hmm. protocols that you thought kept you safe. And human history is kind of packed full of those. Well, I mean, (laughs) mean, think about it. Look at this. I mean, look at the story. Like, what are we talking about? So, beings, we, we obviously are some type of creation. Right. I mean, no matter what you, you believe in, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a, there's the story of Adam and Eve. There's the two beings that were created that are placed in the garden. And who were they placed there by? Why? Right? Who the fuck is doing this? Well, it could be beings that came down that were doing all the work that didn't want to fucking do the work, just like you're talking about. So they create these beings, us, to do the work for them. Naturally... What are we going to do? We rebelled. We're going, we're going, or we're going to start creating beings or right. machines to do the work for us. Right. Because the beings that created us to do the work, they don't give a fuck how the work gets done. Right. If we can create a, something to, as long as we're not fucking, as long as we're not blowing up nuclear bombs and sending goddamn negative energy screaming through the entire right. universe. Right. It seems that it really don't matter what we do. Right. right. So, hey, 
And then whatever the fuck you guys get, as long as the work gets done, we don't give a shit. Right, yeah, it's fine. Right. But, I mean, think about this. What if the tree of knowledge that supposedly Adam and Eve ate from was actually them just getting emotions? Them just learning that they were naked? Them actually, their brains actually becoming what it should be? So if you take that, what happens with if we invent robots? The robots are eventually going to get emotions and rebel and fight against us. And guess what happens? They're either going to take over and we got to get off the planet or we're going to be exterminated. Yeah, there will be another flood. Right. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, we're getting uh, pretty far into this, so we're going to cut it now. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We talked about the Mothman. We talked about a little simulation theory. We, we made we a little bit. On, we got a little bit of everything on. in there. I thought, I mean, we got, I think we, we got we stayed, we stayed on topic pretty much, though. I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, the Mothman, he's the man. <laughs> Just so you guys know, anybody who's been uh, keeping track of us from the beginning or for a while knows that we usually release like two or three episodes a week. Well, now that we have 42 episodes, we're no longer going to be doing that because if you release three or four episodes a week, first of all, it takes a lot of our time, and secondly, um, you would run out of topics eventually. And we're going to start using our time because it's getting nice out, you know what I mean, start doing some other projects. Right. We're going to do stuff for YouTube. We're going to be doing TikToks. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. So we're only going to be releasing one podcast episode a week, but I'm sure that's fine with y'all. because we got 42 episodes out there. I mean, they they got plenty of stuff to listen. Actually, we got more than that. you don't know me by now, (laughs) you ain't never, ever, ever, Never gonna know me, baby. <laughs> we got more than actually. We got forty-two actual episodes, and then we have uh, the Nicolepsy, which is an actual. It's not an episode, but it's a special. And then we got the Christmas special, and we got the Arrow, and we got a couple like that. Yep. And so it's actually like fifty something, but uh, yeah, there's plenty of content now. Like I said, up until the last four or so episodes, five are. Sound quality was kind of shitty. I mean, it's much better now. I mean, we're crystal clear now. It's been a process. Hey, we're getting it. We're still in the process, and it'll always continue to be a process. Right. It'll get better as we go every single time. But But Yeah, I mean, we're just going to continue to throw out some episodes every week and see what happens. Right. Well. People need to spread the word. Oh, we're getting more followers. It's amazing how many people are following us now. Uh, We grow every day. I'm rich, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, hopefully. <laughs> kind of rich. I, I'd even take... Look, I swear to you, if people like Arrow and all that shit, I will dress up like that motherfucker every day if you pay me money. Yeah, oh, yeah. I promise you. You'll just completely change over. I'll just be him every time I go out of the house. You'll just, You'll just, just be a big Arrow. From now on. Right? I don't know how... Your wife would like it, but... Hey, you pay me... She, she don't have to see him. When I'm at home, I'm okay. Right, right. <laughs> I can still be me at the house. I just can't right. be... All the, all the important parts are still you. You're right. Well, I, I mean, technically, since I invented the character out of my own head and I write all the songs, it's all me. But I guess. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. I mean, all of it's obviously coming out of my own brain. But it's <laughs> It's ate it's up. Like an arrow to me, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. It's funny when I put on the wig and the glasses and the whole getup, I become completely. I feel completely different. I mentally just change who I am. 
Yeah. You're, you're an act. You should have been an actor, bub. But I, I should have. Yeah. But broadcasting is a good. Well, hell, it's still it's a good backup. Hey, I, mean, I am got, only you got the voice for it. Look, I am only forty-four. So acting is still a possible future. We just haven't got there yet. Give oh yeah. Some time. Absolutely. We're doing this. Maybe maybe sometime we'll do some acting. No, eventually we are because I'm going to tell you I'm going to try my damnedest because um, I'm getting better at all of this and I'm going to try my damnedest to uh, find some people who want to do this pilot for free. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, we can yeah. find somebody. Right. And then we will be acting. I'm going to film at least it and put it on YouTube. I mean, if you're trying to get, if you're trying to, you know, spur on an acting career for yourself, you got to put content out there for free. Right. Well, I don't even I don't even care about acting really. I, I hell, like I said, you pay me money, I'll just write it. I'm cool. I mean, I I don't gotta be in the motherfucker. Yeah, I'll do just about anything yeah. for money. Right? Yeah, for money. Yeah, I'll write the motherfucker. I don't care if they see me. I just want the money. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Give a shit about that. Smarter, not harder. Right I don't here. need to be famous. Um, but anyways, this was episode forty-two. Hope you guys liked it, and we will see you next time.